Hello and welcome to Wonder Pod, episode 174. We're back to a full slate of stooges. I think I actually used that <laughs> in the uh, in, in the openers that are such a pain in the ass to write for a post after you've done 170 something of them. Um, joining me this week, as he usually does when he's not out enjoying the company of friends, it's John. Yep, 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 yep. The Stooges are back. <laughs> I'm sure that there's members of our audience or people that know us going, yeah, that's pretty fucking accurate. Um, also joining <laughs> us and proving that AT&T 4G is better than his college internet, or at least we're going to find out, it's Glacinator. Yes, I'm from my phone and I am mobile today. I don't know whether to stand in this corner of the room or that corner of the room. So many choices. If I thought the motions and sound and ambient sounds of walking wouldn't really make a disaster, I'd just have you like keep moving around campus. I am now coming to you from where they store the segues that I'm going to steal from Bruce before I graduate. I actually do that after you. I will find that. I swear I will find that one day. And I'll do a podcast live from the Segway <laughs> warehouse. <laughs> the Scootertorium. <laughs> Scootatorium, yes. <laughs> I can't believe that word actually. I I couldn't decide in my head if Scootatorium was going to sound decent or not, and it actually does work kind of well. Um, well, if if nothing else, John is here to save you because he'll actually have been playing video games. Well, no, he'll be have play, been playing more than one video game. <laughs> oh, you may want to hold your tongue there, though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, you've been pl- you've been playing behind our backs, have you? Oh, were you doing it on your phone? <laughs> <laughs> I was playing Minesweeper. No. <laughs> <laughs> Scrubble Knots Unlimited. What edition are we on? We're just gonna keep pouring this out. Um. Uh, okay, okay, Mister Fancy Pants. Then, if you're a big spender and have been playing new games, what have you been playing this week? Um, well, the other day, uh, my roommate ended up buying Journey for PS3, and so I played through it uh, two days ago. Yeah, I went through the whole storyline. It wasn't that long, but uh, I know John said had a lot to say about Journey. Did you ever finish it, John? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't. I only played through it once, and I do have an intention to go back and revisit it and kind of find all the stuff that you can find in it. But uh, but yeah. I, I not 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 since that that time I I, uh, I first played it. Yeah, well, I mean, I had already known a lot about the game going into it, hearing it from you, John, and from following it for such a long time, and so I knew right away, like unlike you did, that the other people were real people that you were sort of going through this desert scape with, and uh, the first person I encountered wasn't until the second level or so. And they walked past me and then just kept walking and went to the finish line. I was trying to collect all the hidden symbols that are in the game. And they just passed me up and just didn't want to have anything to do with me. So I was like, oh, well. And then the next person that came by, I ended up going through the entire rest of the game. Uh, the rest, other like five worlds with them. Um, and it was, it was pretty fun. I mean, it was my first time playing. And apparently whoever this other person was was very skilled and they had gone through a lot of time. So... Uh, even though we couldn't communicate, I was able to tell really fast that he knew what he was doing. But what was really nice is that he was sort of waiting for me to figure things out on my own. And so he would, uh, when we got to a level, he'd be like, okay, you want to go this way? And he'd like inch me towards where all the hidden 
stuff was. And so basically I got all the hidden symbols on my first playthrough just because this oh. other guy knew what the heck he was doing. Uh, and like they have these little TV screens that you can go to and they sort of tell you the story of why the world is the way it is. And I'd go up, I'd watch the screen, and he would patiently wait for me to watch the screen pop up, you know, and then I'd walk away and be like, okay, and he like, he'd, you tap the button to sort of like make a sound, and he'd just make a sound when I was done, and I'd make it the same sound. And so he, he was a very, very patient player. I guess he was happy to have someone to show what to do. Um, we almost died uh, one time. There was this dragon thing that sort of shot laser beams or when the light and I was an idiot, and I almost ran out into the light, and he, like, was just smashing his button because he's making all these noises while I was running out. Like, <laughs> no, don't die, don't die! And so I was like, oh, I back up, go inside this little cave thing. And, uh, like I said, he was very patient, and we ended up finally getting to the end of the game. And at the end of the game, there's this area uh, at the top of the mountain that you're trying to get to where you can sort of uh, walk in the snow there, and in the snow you can sort of write things. And... Uh, I wrote a big smiley face, and then whoever it is, I'm saying he, it could be a she, I don't know, they wrote a big, uh, they drew a big heart, which I then put an arrow through. So you can find love in video games, <laughs> even if that love is silent. So it was a fun game. Uh, I definitely would suggest it um, really to anyone. I mean, even, even if you're not well-versed in gaming at all, I mean, there, I mean, there were some tricky parts, and I, it's definitely <clears> more oriented towards someone who's held a controller before, but, I mean, it really wasn't complicated. You didn't really die that much. At least I didn't die at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I loved how it looked. I love cell shading. I feel like there should be more cell shading in the world. There's never enough. Uh, yeah, cell shading in HD is, is quite pretty. Oh, yeah, there's this one moment uh, where you, the first level where you start sliding, like, down the hill, sort of like a Sonic level, uh, and you go you go sideways, and like there's a shot where you're going. The camera is forced as a forced angle, sideways angle, and you're looking up through the, like these ruined pillars at the mountain, and like the sun is coming through the mountain and the pillars, and there's this the sand is blowing through the whole scene, and it's all in HD. It's like the lighting engine in that game is fantastic. I mean, there there's so little going on in the game in terms of visuals, but because of that, it makes the things that are there stand out so much more mm -hmm. so i got a question for you um at the end when it's kind of revealed to you who you played with uh, did you only have two names or did you like was, yeah, it was only two names wow so that so that second person really didn't stay with you the whole time that's cool yep the whole time yeah and it was when some I, japanese name so when i played it was i had like six different names oh really now yeah. wait a minute I got I I'm having this recollection that you didn't know that they were other players until Glacinator and I told you on that show. No, yep. yeah, that's that that was because I hadn't finished it at that point. Oh, okay, yeah, because because I remember you being those are other players <laughs> like mm -hmm. this people behaving well. <laughs> well yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can't hear them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I I didn't I hadn't finished the game at that point, and then at the end. There's they kind of list the the people who you know like you you don't know who they are through through the game until the end when they tell you who they were. Well, I think that's a cool feature too because you did it in a couple sittings. Yeah. So it has to be the database has to be able to track who was, you know, in your particular sessions, and then you know accumulate that for the end you know the end credit thing. So that's actually a really cool feature if you think about it. 
because you're playing it through. Did you do it in one sitting, Glaze? Yes, one sitting. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's probably easy for the software and and mechanics to do, but that's kind of actually, you know, thinking about it now, that that, uh, that's even cooler that they were able to make that work. You know, I'm not sure it's not impossible, but it still probably took some work to make it all work together pretty seamlessly. How many people did you end up having, John? It was like five or six. So, like, I was swapping out people from level to level. Like, some people quit, and then, like, it's completely random. You're just going through the environment, and then someone just walks past, or you see them in the you see them in the distance, and you know they can come over and interact with you. You know, pinging at you, or or you know, or just go, as as Glace just said, kind of mind their own business and go ahead and make it on to the end or up the level. Well, I think the th- other thing I like about Journey because you see this in in some games, you know, player cooperation to reach a goal, but there's always some kind of little carrot, you know, and so a lot of times players will get more caught up in getting the carrot before everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see a further exploration of the kind of mechanics that Journey's presenting where you're cooperating, but there's no, you're just cooperating against the environment. You know, there's no big chest, there's no carrot to get people's, you know, <laughs> human nature showing. I, mm-hmm. yeah. I, th- I think one of the main reasons why the game works so well in that cooperative aspect is that to go when you're going through the game, if you're standing directly next to the other person, you both get a sort of a power up. You both get like this magic that can make you fly farther. So it, it if you're if you're act- actively trying to be with the, with the other person, it's going to reward you for doing that rather than running off and doing your own thing. So there is a a carrot, but it's set up so symbiotically that you both have to be of the same mindset, as it were. Yeah. I mean, the other person can run off and go get the symbols or whatever, but, I mean, you, they don't you, they don't go away. They stay there. So it's not like they're being rewarded for getting there first. I tell you, it's, you know, you can deride and cry about, and we do at times on this show, uh, you know, the, all the cookie-cutterness, but it's games like Journey and Dear Esther and others like it that, give me hope or, you know, kind of, kind of tell me that they're, that, that we're, we're going in the right direction with creation in some sense, how long until it filters, you know, filters up to a more, I guess, mainstream level, who knows, but did you play anything else? I mean, more animal crossing, obviously. Um, I got the upgrade, to the museum, which means you can get a second floor uh, where you can buy silver tools from. And you also have four exhibition rooms that you can put things in. So I'm moving all of my accumulated Nintendo equipment, except for the Virtual Boy, into <laughs> this exhibition room. That so, Virtual Boy's probably got Nintendo like museum now. Tom Nook hired as the guard and... Oh yeah! You Actually, get... on the second floor, there's the uh, there's a glass exhibition case, like in the very middle, like on a pedestal. And I'm thinking about putting it in there. 
Yeah, the centerpiece of your whole of your whole Nintendo collection. John happens yes. to go in the museum without permission, and the guard dogs come out and eat him because he's trying to steal the <laughs> virtual boy. <laughs> it's funny that the guard dogs are actually, are actually the cops that you can, yeah. put, a, you can put a police station in. And I'll let it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you hear about his turnip selling adventures? Live on the show, or did you listen to last week's episode? I, I did listen to last week's episode, and I have to one-up you on that one. I, <laughs> oh. uh, I the, It wasn't this past week, but the week before. I bought 400,000 bells worth of turnips uh, at, a, at 100 bells uh, per, set, per 10, and, and uh, um, I got a return of 290 on, on, one, on their one morning. So I made my first million bells in turnips. And put it in the bank well, and, got a, and got and got a prize for it. And I now have a coffee shop, and I have uh, a couple of extensions on my house. And so it was it was a it was a it was a good uh, it was a good stock day. It amazes me how the most simplest of mechanics and the simplest things you can add into a game world will drive you like that to to get them. And you're so happy, and I'm I'm not I'm oh, not. I was overjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I'm not being sarcastic or cynical or any of my normal stuff. I'm serious. It's just it's amazing to me how happy and overjoyed you, we get when you do that. And it's such little things, you know, in the grand scheme of things. How many bells? What's your total bell count? That does it give you guys like how many bells you've earned since you started? No, 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 I don't that's think a, so. That's should, a stat they that. need to. Yeah, that's a stat they need to add into it. Yeah, you can you can put your your excess bells in the bank and accumulate. Uh, like over, I mean, Roger's blowing us all away because he's got like three million bells in the bank, four million bells, or something. He's I think he might even be maxed out in the bank. I'm not even sure. Yeah, but at this point, I'm almost convinced he's got it in a Ziploc bag while he's showering for work in the morning. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't have a job. I don't have that much money. I... How is an adult kicking your ass at this game? He, yes. He, he, he I'm mad that someone's beating me. I'm using air quotes at Animal Crossing. He's, he sent me a text today saying that he uh, he got 100 percent of the of the fossils in in the museum now. I'm two away from that. Uh, so, I don't know how many I am. I, I'm not. I'm not close. I'm pretty sure. I could just almost picture. You know the the caption of his of his photo with the virtual boy, which I then turned into a crappy banner, was "fuck me," but I could just almost picture Glazenator sitting there with the 3DS in his hands, going, "Yes, I I didn't win, but I finally got the damn thing." <laughs> I was more like, "Are you kidding me?" Just like I just let the text bubble just sit there for like a second before I did anything, just like staring at it. <laughs> That almost, I mean, it, it was completely 100% the way it happened, but that was almost just too perfect. That, like, right at, you know, I gave you guys extensions and deadlines, and then I threw Roger in the mix just for my own savage amusement, and then no more than eight days after the whole mess is over with and we've had our fun, <laughs> Glacinator gets the damn thing. <laughs> Oh, I wish I wish well, I could. John, if you ever feel like donating to the Daniel Needs Bells Fund, <laughs> well, I, uh, I I I've spent a lot, almost all my 
my million. I'm, I'm no longer a millionaire. I just spent it all, and uh, I still have a couple hundred thousand. So maybe on Sunday I'll try to reinvest it again. But God, that's. I mean, that is just where I'm sitting here in my head, going, "It's like an MMO." Because yeah, in in Warm Online, every time I get, every time I make a bunch of silver from a job, I go, you know, I need a new building. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it, but I need it. <laughs> And so I buy bricks and I buy mortar and I make a new building. That's like people that I'm friends with in the game go, why'd you build that? You're one guy living on a giant place. Why'd you do that? Because uh, I had the money and so I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand what you mean, John, about I was a millionaire and I was really happy. Now I don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was pretty much it, Glace. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. And more Just... Awesome Knots, but that's the same old, same old. So. Oh, damn it. I need to remember to get it on Awesome Knots. I always forget on the weekends. When I'm not... They added a new character. He's a squid, and he's uh, an admiral. Is he any? Is he more mobile than some of the others? <laughs> that was my biggest... Yeah, they, they added faster ones. Oh, did they? Yeah. I think that would be... I liked the game, and I, I had fun with us playing you know, together. But I think the, the wonkiness of just some of the characters themselves. I mean, they had their, they all have their strengths and weaknesses, but some of them just didn't feel as natural or as comfortable as the others. The squish sounds try like... Them until you find the one that you like. Yeah, there's still a couple more I need to... Or a few more I need to unlock and try out. That is true, too. So maybe I just haven't... I, I had one there, and I can't remember what he was. Uh, which one it was, but I had one that I was pretty happy with. But but that's that game's still fun. I mean, it, it, at the end, you don't care whether you were top score or killed the most. I mean, it, you're having so much fun just messing around with it that that's really all that matters with awesome nods. Um, so John, what have you been playing? Well, the uh, there's basically been two games this week that I'll, that I, I'll talk about, and briefly the first, uh, w- the Wind Waker. Peter and I have been playing that game for a while now, and we just got to the part where you have to do the Triforce uh, search. <clears throat> and I I remembered it being tedious, but then when we hit it, I came to realize how many things, how many hoops you have to jump through to to get the Triforce pieces before you can get out and move on to finally beating Ganon, Ganondorf. Um, like you have to get all the maps of the find the maps of the eight pieces get the maps and get them interpreted, and then find the pieces. But some of those maps require you to do certain things, like get the deed to the, to the, uh, to the, to, um, the Holiday Island or the Vacation Island place or the, the cabana or whatever it's called, the, uh, the island. So you have to go and do that, mini, that side quest to get that deed, and then you go find it, and then you bring it to get it interpreted. And, um, and to get them interpreted costs you money. So... We had not upgraded our wallet the whole game, so I was still on the first 200 be- uh, bell, <laughs> 200 rupee wallet, and so I had, I had went ahead and I did the couple of side quests to upgrade my wallet, and so it's 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 fine that it, it adds length to the, to the game, but I, I'm 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 remembering probably my, probably my only frustration that I had with Wind Waker at the time is that was was this. Uh, even even the, all the sailing, I didn't mind as much as I minded having to do all this stuff just to get to the end. When you know when you've been you've been playing so long already, it just felt a little, a little, I don't tacked on as the word, but kind of drawing it out a little bit. 
So, Wind Waker is an old game, uh, but I, I won't get into that too much. So, I'll talk about a little game on PSN that I uh, I finally start, I picked up and started playing a few weeks ago called Guacamelee. And I got that on sale, surprise, surprise, um, I guess sometime in early August, but I didn't, maybe it might have even been in July, um, that I didn't start playing until I decided yet I was yet again going to procrastinate getting back to Tomb Raider and, and keep uh, cleansing that palette. So uh, what Guacamelee is, if you can imagine Super Metroid, but rather than being a serious sci-fi kind of themed uh, world, this is a very lighthearted uh, Mexican wrestling themed uh, environment. So you're in Mexico, like the sort of fantastical Mexico, where where luchadors, the the the, the masked Mexican wrestlers, uh, are are the are the superheroes more or less. And what's happened is that the world has been uh, it's been overrun by these demons, uh, led uh, led by Caraca, I think his name is. This sort of this imagine one of the three amigos, but with a skull for a face, and uh, and you know they they've kind of they want to thrust the whole world into the, into the uh, into the land the world of the dead because he's beaten the devil and he has this kind of power and he needs to do these certain sacrifices and and uh, ri- not sacrifices but rituals to uh, to make that happen. Now that sounds kind of grim and stuff, but because what alternatively uh, the game is very lighthearted. It's very funny and it's really a love letter to to video games of of uh, you know that super metroid well more more eras than that actually this a love letter to video games in general cuz you know it's very super metroidy in that it's a big world map and you and lots of nooks and crannies you get power ups as you go it's you know but there's tons of references to old games and even really kind of modern games in particular super metroid because for example you you find not a Chozo statue which gives you a power a Super Metroid type power up like the Ice Beam or something like that. You find a Chozo statue which looks almost the same as a, as a Chozo statue, but you break that open and a a Goat Man shows up and gives you a a, a rooster uppercut, or <laughs> and so you go and you and you use this uppercut to help you kind of kind of get a, a higher jump or a double jump so to speak. So like if you there's a platform that's a little bit that was that was too high for you to reach before now you jump in the air do your uppercut and you'll you'll go into the air a little bit more and land on it now so it's it's very metroidy in that um you know you get the power up to let you access other areas you were previously unable to get it, get to um so you get a, you get an uppercut you get like a downward thrust and you get a smash sideways and you, you get a variety of different things you can unlock at the, at, at the store because as you defeat enemies, you get money. So you get things like suplexes and pile drivers and you upgrade your, your health. So like almost like Zelda, you get three parts of a heart. You get an, uh, an increase in your health gauge. Um, you have a stamina gauge that you upgrade as well. Um, and every block of the stamina is how many of these special uppercuts or downward smashes you can do uh, and before it has to regenerate. So it's it, it has all the mechanics and feel of a of a Metroid like like you don't morph into a into a you don't go, uh, reduce down to a morph ball you actually turn into a chicken and and you run around as a chicken going through all these tight little spaces and stuff <laughs> and you can even uh, you can even fight people as a chicken you, you don't do a lot of damage but it's kind of funny um, 
But like back to what I was saying about about what it does as references to Nintendo games. Um, it has that Chozo statue and stuff, but littered around all the environments are like r- these wrestling posters where they have um, sort of uh, video game inspired wrestlers facing, you know, facing each other. So, for example, um, uh, there's a poster that's just like Castle Crashers called Los Ca- uh, Casa Crashers, or uh, there's a Mega Man, ver- there's a Mega Man versus shoot uh oh yeah la, la, uh, la mascara which is the and and it's a wrestler with the mask from uh zelda's majora mask uh where he's wearing that mask versus um la mega ombre <laughs> it's, it's so it's it's really good little little tweaks on video game stuff uh there's like fez type hidden qr codes in different places there's there's so many references like strong bad and um uh, and, there's, and there's meme references. Like there's so many little things that just littered in the environment that you find and chuckle at as you go. Um, and then the dialogue, and, and as you meet different characters, you talk to them. There's, there's lots of puns, and it's so lighthearted and and happy. Uh, you know, I'm just I've really fallen in love with the game. But on on top of this, the Metroid, you know, uh, Metroidvania mechanic, you know, running around stuff, exploration. Uh, the guacamelee, the melee part of that of the name is that it's very much a beat 'em up sort of combo. I won't say it's combo driven, but you get bonus money if you can get your combos up. Like this brawler, so like you go into a room, you don't shoot the enemies. You get in there and you fight them and you wrestle them and you you know you grapple. You can throw them around. You throw them up in the air. You jump up with them. You you know you give them a left right combo followed by an uppercut to keep them in the air. So you can really you can you can do really high. Uh, high numbers of combos on on, on the enemies uh, and build up your not a multiplier, but you build up your money that you get out of it. Um, so if you're if you're into Super Metroid, definitely try this game. If you're into fighters, definitely try this game. Even if you're into you know just just pure fun, like just lighthearted, not not serious at all. Uh, good stuff. I I wholeheartedly recommend Guacamelee. Um, you know, so it's essentially a Zelda homage with twenty percent more luchadors. It's a Metroid homage. It's not Excuse a, it's me, not... not Zelda. Metroid. Yeah, I, I had Zelda on the brain from your earlier thing. My bad. Um, so it's essentially a Metroid homage with twenty percent more luchadors and ridiculous yes. humor. Yeah, it's very. It's 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 so silly. Uh, Again, like Journey, we need more games like that too. Yeah. We're quickly trying to hipster out of existence any less than completely adult and sophisticated humor, you know, jokes that you have to read 50 pages of text to get Mm -hmm. and and be part of some crowd of 27 people on on a fucking social media service. I'm sorry, fart, chicken, and poop jokes are still funny and should be in things. There's such subtle little things too. Like there's one spot where you come to the edge of a cliff, and embedded in the rock is the shape of Mega Man jumping. <laughs> so it's it it's like like, like a an eight bit crack like an eight bit crack in the in the rock that's as Mega Man jumping. So like if you didn't think about it, you just said haha Mega Man is awesome. But if you jump <laughs> from that cliff, you land on a, on, a, on one that you can't see, and there's like a, there's a power up on it. You know what I mean? 
Are are these done subtly enough that the that what lawyers are left at Nintendo uh, <laughs> won't be coming after them? Well, it, it's it's entirely an, an homage stuff. It's not nothing is being, you know, negatively uh, used or or in a way that that you're making. Like it's not ripping anything off. It's it, like I said, it's a love letter to video games. Well, and the, it's got the prefix of the word guacamole in it. I mean, yeah. Have you heard of this game, Glace? I know you've been. Glace had an issue. Uh, yeah, I've had my eye on it for actually a really, really long time. And I was surprised that John had just picked it up. And I keep seeing all his Facebook posts about, like, he got this trophy in Guacamelee. He got this trophy. I'm really super jealous. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah that's, that's the thing about the PS3, Bruce. If you, if you look at your trophy collection, if you've got new ones, it will upload a message to Facebook if you have told it to do so. And so my... I, I, the trophies pop up, but it doesn't tell you what you did sometimes. So I have to go in and see what what the hell did I trigger there? And by doing by going and looking, it posts it on Facebook. Well, uh, you know, I I really have a love hate relationship with that because I I get tired of seeing this long string, and I haven't really seen it from you, John. But I can think of a couple of others in different formats of social media where it's this long string of nothing but so and so earned this or did this or did this. And so I tend to shy away from it because I don't like too much of it, so I don't want to kind of foist it on my friends and, and, and acquaintances and things. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for, for me, for how often that I'm, I'm, I, I actually play my PS3 enough to start earning trophies a lot, it's, it's, it's kind of few and far between. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm sure it'd be the same for me. But well, you're just gonna have to, you're just gonna have to strong arm the roommate into getting it for the PS3, Glace. There's two. There's two player co- uh, couch co-op. Couch co-op. Yeah. So you have lie. to be on a couch, or otherwise bad things happen. That's right. If you're on the floor, it just ruins it. <laughs> Do you know if it's crossplay with the Vita? It is. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Oh, for, yeah, or across buy. Like uh, if oh. you buy it, if you buy it, you'll get it. You'll get a free copy for Vita. Ah. So I can split the price. There we go. That works. Hey, that yeah. works for broke dick college students. And and it it has cross cross save, so like if you can upload your save to your PS3 and continue on from there, I don't think you, I'm not sure if you can control it with a Vita, but you can definitely transfer your saves back and forth. Okay. You know all this other technological hoo ha, garbajola that is about to be unleashed in November. The only thing that really excites me is this cross-save stuff that's appearing on multiple different platforms and systems mm-hmm. and the ability to move between devices you know what i'm saying whether it's nintendo going from the big tv to the little you know to the wii u controller the cross the cross cross platform ability with the vita and the uh, ps3 if microsoft is really smart they'll enable that for tablets since they make tablets you know rather than being stupid enough to get into the handheld market because yeah. um, they're not doing that well in the tablet market either. Uh, but it's interesting though. Like on my PS3, I've gotten to the point now where I actually have quite a few Vita games available to me because of this cross-buy option. It seems to only happen with sort of the lower level, like uh, indie games. Um, that not lower level, I mean, I'm at what, I'm, what I mean by is price. Like I got uh, like Guacamelee, but I've also got. Uh, Sound shapes that that was a cross buy as well. Well, it's good. It's good. It's good marketing for them. 
they might be losing, uh, you know, oh, let's say 50 cents to a dollar per sale to Sony for the ride. And, and I'm guessing on that, so don't anybody panic <laughs> out there in listener land. Uh, but I'm sure that they're, you know, that there's some kind of fee to the publisher attached. But it's it's a good marketing tool because you saw, I mean, we have it. We have we have an example sitting right here. Glacinator perked right up when he heard it was a cross buy. Mm-hmm. You know, so why not? I mean, it's easy for the EAs, Activisions, Ubisoft, and at all of the world to go. Eh, we don't want to do that crap. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, they keep it. If, if they keep it up, I'm going to end up with a Vita. <laughs> it's what's sad, right? That's your own personal problems. That's you can't be blaming <laughs> that on Sony. Because <laughs> I got a, I have a bunch of PSP stuff that I got free with the uh, the apolo- the apology program that they had. But yeah, yeah Guacamelee and and Sound Shapes. A little bit. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. You took it and you asked for it, so here's a band aid. That's not going to do anything. <laughs> God, sometimes the pot. I mean, they have to do it, but sometimes it just borders on the ridiculous. So, did you play anything else besides nah, Metroid with Luchas? That that's about it for me. Okay, so mine is going to be kind of a public service announcement slash. Hopefully, you'll get a chuckle out of it because now it's funny to me, and and I you must understand that this this particular incident kept me up until extremely late last night or early this morning. And then I was back up again <laughs> very early to get it rectified. Um, and, and I think what it speaks to is the fact that all of us as gamers, uh, bitch piss and complain when, you know, regular single player games or maybe single player or multiplayer game, uh, cap- capacity, our, we don't feel they're worth our dollar value. But it was uh, put right in my face to last night that when you play massive games, uh, you know, MMOs, uh, and something goes horribly wrong, you could be looking at, not so much in a dollars and cents capacity, but at time capacity, uh, you could be looking at losing just a back-breaking amount of stuff. In fact, this incident that I'm about to tell you about will most likely make me even less likely to to complain when I gamble on, on, on a $60 title that's going to last probably anywhere between 10 and 20 hours uh, <laughs> than I was, say, last night at Oh, I don't know, 4.30 Pacific. (laughs) Um, What I'm talking about is Worm Online. And uh, what I was doing was I was doing a job for a guy. It's called bulk iron mining, where you basically, somebody hires a a player to just mine a massive amount of iron ore for them. It doesn't really matter how good it is. They just need a massive amount for a job they're doing. In this particular case, the guy was making 1,000 frying pans. Yeah, you heard that right. Exact 1,000 individual frying pans. Um, so it's a guy I've known for quite a while. He lives uh, on a mountain. He asked me to come up. I came up. I started working on one iron vein. Uh, and after mining on it for a couple hours, it poofed. Because they, do, you know, they don't have an infinite number in these veins. Um, he was not online at the time, so... 
I said, well, crap. He said there were some others around here. I'll go looking. I go a little higher up the mountain, and I am standing at what, as what is known as a cave entrance. And so I am literally still outside on the surface world, let's say. I took one step forward, and the next thing I know, and Glacinator will know this from some of the versions of Minecraft, I am floating. I can see kind of the sky, and I can see mine tunnels that have been created in-game. But I am literally swimming in air, and I can see the what's probably the bottom or the the bedrock of the of the game world, which is in in uh, worm water. Uh, in Minecraft, it's literally bedrock that you just can't mine through. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And so there's a couple things you can do when this happens. I mean, it's again, it's a it's an online based game, so glitches happen. Um, how they happen in single-player games. Like, I think it's something similar to this happening to me in Fallout 3. <laughs> the difference is, is I hadn't been playing Fallout 3 for almost a year when it happened. <laughs> so I tried the... They have a command called to get you unstuck. It's called the stuck command. That didn't work. It never does when this happens. And I did the second step that you're supposed to do when you're stuck like this, and that's log out. There was a problem, though. Wherever the game thought my player avatar was, I was being attacked by one of the most deadly mobs or monsters in the game. And I knew it. And theoretically, when you're not under the uh, threat of a glitch or a game-breaking you know, kind of bug, you're not supposed to log out when you're in combat because it equals instant death. I had no choice in the matter. So I log out. Log back in, I'm about half dead, and I'm staring at a troll. And this, the worst part about this was is wherever the game database decided I was, was about as far away from where this whole mess started, and I had no clue where it was. This is not a region of the game world I'm familiar with. So I die, and I spawn back in. Now, the nasty thing about worm online is when you die everything you own stays with your body outside of a few things that you just would break the game if they if they were not on your uh, player or your avatar and so now i am stuck with a massive amount of stuff on my on a body <laughs> literally in some cases stuff i've worked for for almost a year to to attain <laughs> and no clue where my body's at. <laughs> so for the next approximately mm -hmm. 45 minutes to an hour, I'm running around this entire mountain looking for things. Now, you got to understand, again, everything I own is with my body. So even the most basic of monsters, I can't fight. I have to run from. I am literally in... Glacinator, do you remember when you originally spawned into the game, the kind of ragman, dustman, homeless person's clothing you were wearing? Yeah. I'm running around in that. <laughs> when 20 minutes before, I was running around in a full suit of armor with some really kick-ass swords on me that would kill just about anything um, when I'm not unfairly attacked. So I run around and run around and run around and run around. Nothing. Just nowhere to be found. I'm just barely... And, and on top of that, I have no light. You, you, you're supposed to have a, a, a lamp, or if you're smart, you have a lamp on you. It's with my body. So I'm running around in the dark, no less. 
So after about an hour and a half, I just get frustrated and I, I do a support to, to the game masters. They, because it was so late in the Pacific time zone, there was no way in hell they were going to answer. And so I am just, I'm not really pissed and I'm not really heartbroken, but I'm starting to understand or starting to get a refresher course and how you really got to be prepared for a game to break on you or a game to not be exactly what you expect every time. And to understand that that may cost you dearly. Um, of course it's a video game. So, you know, you kind of have to be able to separate that out too, but essentially it goes to the Mythbusters uh, motto of failure is always an option. <laughs> and, so I finally at about, oh, I don't know, one thirty Pacific said, screw this, and I logged out. And I sent a forum PM to the guy I was working for and said, hey, this is what happened. You know, you know this mountain way better than I do. Got any idea what, ha what what's going on here? So I get up at about 545 Pacific this morning, and I get some coffee, and I log I check in my email and stuff, and I've got a message from me he goes oh yeah i've got i'm gonna start looking around for your your body we'll just we'll take our time we'll find it like 20 seconds later he's another message oh i found your body the game had glitched so badly that where i initially fell into the abyss my body had been there the whole entire time i just could not see it because of what the game uh the game world and what my client was doing <laughs> So huh. literally, I ran around like the Benny Hill theme show uh, video around this entire bloody mountain. <laughs> when either I could have changed my graphics settings a little bit to, to have made my body show up, or I could have just logged out and logged back in. But this all but that brings up an excellent point of I don't care how many video games you've played. I don't care how excellent or uber or elite you are at video games, and I don't care if you fully think you know what you're going to get when you buy, purchase, or play a video game, or how long you've played it. You can still have that new player panic around a moment where your brain just shuts down and stops working, and you're just shattered because, you know... I, I I guess for the for the non MMO players, think of it like um, think of it like you know you you have a Pokemon game on on the Game Boy Advance and the cartridge breaks and you've collected them all. Um, think about if early Final Fantasy RPGs or any game that was on the PlayStation original PlayStation uh, and your memory card fills up and you don't have another one. <laughs> It's basically that level of, of of just ridiculousness. But once I had gotten my my body back and everything was back to normal, it also just made me realize that no matter what, when you are playing in a virtual world, from console to handheld to massive multiplayer games that you put a, just an insane amount, and I fully freely admitted it, an insane amount of time into, that shit can break. <laughs> And that eventually you may find yourself in a situation where, through no fault to your own, uh, uh, you know, you had a horrible thing happen to you. Um, 
I, I, I can easily laugh about it now. It, it, it is just completely and totally funny to me. It, you know, and it was 20 minutes after I got my stuff, my body back, but, uh, it, it's, it's kind of comical to me that, that, you know, on several levels that I've talked about that just, what can happen to you? I, I to tell you the truth. I didn't get as upset, but I think I got the same eye opening. Stop taking games. You played forever for granted that Glacinator got when we got our asses handed to us in those Minecraft dungeons. <laughs> you know, you 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 think you're you know you think you're ruling the roost, <laughs> and then something happens and it proves you wrong. <laughs> oh God! So remember, kids, not all games are great. But even the greatest games break sometimes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta admit though, and 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 then the smart ass tells me to to more to you guys. I'm sure the audience is already tuned out at this point. Then the smart ass tells me, oh yeah, that's happened before. A couple of other guys I've had to live up here got eaten by the mountain. Oh, well, thanks very much for not for telling me that before you logged off. Oh. <laughs> uh. The other thought that popped through my head is I have played way too many video games because I am not nearly as pissed off as I should be about this. <laughs> it was kind of just like resignation that this that I could well and truly be screwed just like set in almost immediately. Like in my head was already starting plan backup plans. Okay, how much is this? You know, how much in-game uh, money that I've earned in-game is this going to cost me to make everything back to normal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I, it almost felt like you just you hit that level where you know, you know, it's just busted. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> and I bet, I bet, I bet, if you guys thought about it for a while, you could think of of games or situations in gaming that have, you know, I mean, obviously, MMO has taken up another step because there's so much more that's out of your hands. Um, mm. but I, I think, I think, I bet. Uh, Anybody listening or you guys could could you could troll back through the years and think think of a situation that has been really similar. Maybe maybe the Glacinator dungeon analogy wasn't wasn't the best one. Are you still there, Glacinator? I'm here. Okay. I just would rather not reflect back on those days. <laughs> uh-huh. See, he's still scarred. You know, that is the other thing though, too, that I, I am I'm trying to incorporate in all aspects of my life is you just might as well laugh. You know, yeah. I mean, halfway through it as, as frantic and annoyed as I was, I'm laughing in, in one of the text chats with a friend, you know, one of the guys in my uh, little village Alliance thing. And we're just joking back and forth. I mean, at that point, until you find out if, if there's any way to get it back, there's not much else you can do <laughs> except face the fact that it happened. Um, I do have to say, though, in defense of Worm Online, I, that's the first time anything that bad's happened to me, and those kinds of breaks are, are pretty few and far between. I mean, that game's got bugs like any game, but that that was kind of bad. And Glacinator's silently mourning his diamond boots, a plus four that we died 68 times to get. Um... <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm setting up another group of suckers to run that stuff. 
some guys that I play Worm with are like, what? Dungeons and Minecraft that are actually hard? I can't wait to feed them to it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> if they don't rage quit on that spider dungeon, don't, wait, don't tell them about what's in it. Oh, I haven't told them nothing. I've just okay, told good. them that you and I played it. You and I have been both been playing Minecraft since Alpha, and we had a, a fair bit of trouble with it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I like these guys. They're the ones I play Worm Online with, and they're a bunch of cool folks from different regions of the world. But, oh, yeah, I ain't, I ain't giving them spoilers. <laughs> I wasn't near as upset by that as you were, but I wasn't happy about it either. There ain't no way I'm giving a cheat sheet to somebody else. <laughs> All right. That's what we've been playing, plus Bruce's, Bruce's whatever the fuck that was. Let's move on. Um, first up tonight. Microsoft is saying they're going to support the 360 for another three years at least. Um, and uh, the other interesting relevant bits in this was uh, basically pushing the 360 life cycle into 2016. Um, and yeah, Sony has also said they plan to support the PlayStation 3 through 2015, which makes it a 10-year console cycle. And then they talk about how each company has sold things at a loss. It's humorous to me. Sony ref still refuses to admit how much they lost on each PS3, but the, the but the fact that it took them 3.5 years or three and a half years. God, ours, some of the Ars Techno writers need to be smashed in the head with a brick. 3.5. Oh, look at me. I'm so fucking mathematical. It's three and a half, you bastards. Um, but the fact that it took them three and a half, or 3.5 if you prefer, years after launch to get a profit on it. God, I hope they're not losing as much on the PS4. Actually, first out of the gate, we'll get to the the support thing in a minute, but first out of the gate, John, as a PS3 owner, uh, does it make you a hair nervous that they're already kind of whisper admitting that they're going to lose money on the PS4 too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean they're 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 desperate to get to get it in the homes, you know, whatever it takes and you know, they'll see hopefully see the dividends on the other on the other on the other end of her. Um it's, it's amazing that they're willing to take that that hit at the, at the front the front considering the PS3 had that such a big struggle there for a while. Yeah, it, it, it is kind of amazing. Well, that you know that brings up an interesting point because okay, so if if all this stays true to what is reported here, Sony will have had a ten year console cycle. Mm -hmm. Three and a half years of that was at a loss, so six and a half theoretically was profit. Does that work out overall in the end, or or were those three and a half years brutal enough that really, yeah, they were making a profit, but it was you know a little tiny line of black. Mm -hmm. I mean, the one thing that's that's uh, interesting to me about Microsoft is they seem to have loss calculated in maybe a little better mm -hmm. because it's like a dollar each time. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean. I mean, the thing about the Xbox, I I, th I think it, it it must have became a profitable system, you know, b before Connect. But I know that Connect really helped get you know that penetration into the into the public consciousness, you know, the the casual crowd. A little God, bit. there's a large part of the hive mind that would like to string you up by your toenails for even saying that. Uh, <laughs> for for saying what? 
the fact that Connect actually helped 360 sales. <laughs> you know, and, and I and I have this sense that our very own Pat Man is probably just will be grinding his teeth when he hears this. But there is still a massive amount of people who think that Connect has been a failure and that it they can't believe Microsoft is going on, no matter what sales numbers tell them. And well, it's I I don't I don't I don't when I say that you know I I. I think it helped, and I, and I think the Connect has has actually fizzled out. I don't think Connect, you know, it didn't live up to the promise of what it what it said it was going to do. Whether Connect 2.0 manages that or not, I don't know. But but there was definitely a, a kick in 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 Xbox sales and in that initial in that initial blast. You know that 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 holiday, you know when uh, when right. it first came out and stuff. I mean, it's kind of undeniable that it actually that it got some. Some major major play. Like I remember seeing it on the, uh, they were doing the the Wii the Wii circuit, you know, getting it on the talk shows and and showing the things you could do. I remember watching, I it it was either Jay Leno or or or, you know, or someone was were playing Connect Sports it or was, Connect. I saw it on Leno, or I saw the footage. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that that's a that's a big deal to get it on there and and show one. You know, that that's that stuff helps, right? I have said from I said from the minute this thing was finally revealed, and the super secret inside mole we had in the beta, well we had two but one of them was pantsless, um, that it's a new piece of technology, it's mm-hmm. not going to be as, that stellar. Yeah. You know, people bought into the marketing speak and then used it to flail it. You know, I, I, I guess my overall shock with Connect, as as it were, was the fact that. I expected the hardcore demographic to just start ignoring it, like they did with some of the peripherals Sony tried on the PlayStation Two and Three, and then and, and you know now they're. I mean, Sony this week. Oh, well, we do voice voice and 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 body motion recognition too, guys. Love love us, please. <laughs> what the fuck are you backing off for? You know, I mean, it's like, eh. uh, Glycinator. As somebody who's undecided on the next console generation, does any of this selling at loss, any of that kind of crap from any of them bother you, sound about right, or what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, honestly, right now I'm not really looking back towards past numbers or what they did in the past. I'm more interested in what they're going to do. And uh, I don't know. As 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 I said before, I'm still disinterested. I mean, I'll let you guys know when I become undisinterested, which is also the word interested. I don't know why I used undisinterested. <laughs> I was gonna let Until you run then. with it because I kind of liked it. It kind of worked, but but yes, you are correct grammatically. No, okay, so let's flip that. So 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 let's move into the the main beef of the or piece of the story, I guess. What? If anything, does this continued support of 360 and PS3 indicate to you about the next ones? Hmm. I mean, I guess it. I guess it's a valid thing to be worried about. If the next, if the seven, I just call it 720. Oh my gosh, who am I? What's wrong with me? <laughs> if the Xbox One is a pit stop, maybe in terms of console cycles i mean how long is i mean we sort of talked about console cycles a few shows ago but uh how long is this one going to last compared to the last one and will if if it's not as long as anticipated then what's after that i know we are i don't want to think too far ahead because i mean we're not even to the next step yet 
but uh, I'm worried that this next generation it's it's so vague. Like I can't. I've I've been I've been so confused about everything about all these announcements in the past year that I'm worried that maybe they're just trying to tide people over until they have another idea. I know this is really extremely out there. I don't know if you're understanding any of this. It actually, this. actually, it, that makes sense to me because, I mean, there's obviously some w- grounded or well-supported in the eyes of Sony and Microsoft's uh, reason to continue, you know, the support of the system, uh, of the old systems, you know, I would think that the goal would be getting everybody to switch to the new ones. Yeah, I I think there's a they have to have calculated how many people they expect to to switch and how many people are going to stick around. You know, for Microsoft, they're still making money off of Xbox Live subscriptions, you know, DLC, all that kind of stuff. And that's only going to keep rolling in as long as people are still using their the, the machine. If they're not if they're not ready to to upgrade like you and I are, I mean they might they might as well keep it rolling for another little while yet until they start seeing the usage numbers dwindle enough that it's not worth it. Well, it, yeah, yeah, but it leads to a whole another bag of worms. I saw a minor or a miniature high mind poop storm over the fact that Titanfall respawns first game is being handled by another studio for the 360. Well, if, if it's the same fucking game and you're just dumbing down the graphics for the 360 architecture, then who cares? Well, I, I, I don't know why that should be that should be a surprise because, I mean, they're going to put their A team on the, on the A system. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that just is how, is how it's going to work. I mean, the same thing happened with the PS2. Like, you know, granted, it's my, my friend Colin, you know, his... His biggest complaint about the PS2 was what were all the de- were all the shitty ports that he that he was getting because he couldn't afford to to upgrade and that was the only thing he hated about the the switch of generation. So I mean there is there is some merit to people you know being worried that they're going to get a shitty port, but you know like I said you you're going to put your A players on your A system. I'm sorry, but the but the argument of a shitty port. And trying to use like you know the PS2, PS1, GameCube on back is about dead and gone, because you're getting to the point where only through a very well put together comparison video, which I think is the most ridiculous fucking thing people do. Oh, look at the difference between the 360 and the Xbox One, or the or the 360 and the PS3. Look at this little graphical thing over here, you know, where some nasally dickhead goes over it fucking pixel by pixel and frame by frame, um, mostly because his penis has never got an erection in his entire existence. That kind of crap <laughs> is probably going to... Damn. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Come on, watch some of those comparison videos and tell me I'm wrong. Um, I'm not. <laughs> um, I can only watch about 30 seconds of them and then I get very freaking angry. Um, but, but that, that will be the, the problem, but I just, if it's a, if it's a current game coming out at the same time, you know, unless it's just broken, 
unplayable, yeah. then you have the shitty part argument. The rest yeah. of it, oh, just because it won't run 60 frames a second. Well, yeah, guess what? None of even the modern consoles will touch a you know a top of the line PC gaming monster. <laughs> so yeah. piss off. <laughs> yep. But uh, when I, when I gave my example of my friend Colin, that that is exactly what his problem was. It wasn't that it was lower graphics; it was that it was quite literally a slap together broken ports of games. You know, he want he'd rather play. Right, but in and back then it was usually like months and months, or even maybe a year more after it mm-hmm. it, it 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 had been out. You know, I mean, it, I I just think that some arguments that have been carried over and over and over from generation to generation it's just are they're getting really kind of to the point of invalid and, and kind of at the point of you're just doing this because you want to attack x for yeah. you know x reason uh what do you think about the continued support john uh, uh do you have similar thoughts to glacinator or what what's your take on that that they're definitely doing it oh yeah <laughs> There's, there's there's money to squeeze, so you know squeezers going to squeeze. <laughs> They're going to support it as long as there's money to be made. You know if if there's enough people who switched over and there's and like you know you, you, they they always post the uh, Microsoft's part. They always post the you know, what's your what's your number one and you know your top ten online play games right now, and they'll they'll tell you what people are playing. If those numbers start dropping off and there's not enough people to support. Having you know to support the system, the Xbox Live system on 360, you know they'll flip, they'll flip the switch and shut her down. But if they can if they can get the money out, they'll do it. I mean, why wouldn't you? I don't think it's going to be. I actually don't think it'll be the the play numbers. I think it'll be even simpler than that. I think it'll be uh, XBL subs because they'll be able to tell if it's being used solely on a 360 or solely on an Xbox One or on both. You know, because yeah. you're going to be able to go seamlessly between them. Like, if I have an Xbox One sitting here with my 360, I fire up either one. I can use my Origin profile for whatever. Sure, sure. Um, I think that's probably going to be their metric of choice. Because that is that is what makes them the most consistent money year to year, I would suspect. Mm-hmm. You know, you have DLC, you have multiplayer, you have the, the, that stuff brings in cash too. But that's cash Microsoft has to share. You know those evil, punk, greedy publishers and, and people that made the game slaving away in a basement. <laughs> Xbox Live Gold subscriptions is all theirs. They're, you know they can be like Daffy Duck in the cartoons. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I think that's probably going to be the metric. I Glacinator's thought of of the, is this going to be a quickie cycle? Because they don't know which way the wind's going to blow next. You know, with uh, handhelds and po- and co- and uh, nah, tablets and phones becoming more and more advanced, I think they're in it for at least five or six years. But <clears throat> let's put it this way: we'll call Glacinator a genius, and he will be a genius. But I, w- if if it becomes a quickie, <laughs> but I'm not going to drop dead from shock either. Mm. The only th- the only counter argument to the quickie cycle is there. The plans to to make that game box more than just a game box, the all that all that all that extra entertainment, streaming services, all that stuff, having that as your centerpiece of your entertainment system, uh, for those reasons, in, in addition to the gaming side of it, are, are going to make that last longer. What do you say to that, Glaze? Uh, 
I say that I mean it's it's a valid possibility, but I'm I'm saying I, I, no. What, well, what I, I mean, mean is, I just I just was saying, John, that is kind of, isn't that kind of a, a, a an interesting counter argument though of the short cycle, the fact that they are pushing entertainment and Sony can lie all they want, they're pushing it too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't I don't necessarily mean that's going to make it long, but I think those are the tools that they plan to use to try to extend it as much as they can. Well, and let's be honest. And this might be a small minor thing, but hard drive hard drives are coming in these. Mm-hmm. Right away you can't switch Microsofts. You're supposed to use, you know, USB uh, stuff. And Sony says that uh, the last report, and you know, the waffle dance continues at all hours. Uh, Sony says that that, that they're going to be, it's just going to be pure hard drive. Um, you know, no thumbsticks, no USB drives. But, I mean, the Microsoft one, I, I've got a 20, what is that, 120 gig? I think that black Xbox of mine is something like that. The the Xbox One standard is coming with a fucking half a terabyte. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to be good, unless you're John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so storage at first is not going to be. Of course, then again, I thought that 120 was going to be enough when I bought it, the newer version of the Xbox, uh, which it is. I, I keep mine pretty tidy. We'll see. Be interesting. Oh, the, and I don't. I didn't say it. I meant to lead with it, but the Xbox One's launch date is the 22nd of November. So Sony's the 15th of November, and X and Xbox One is the 22nd, and then for probably a month solid, I will have to drag my carcass through an RSS reader that looks like a NeoGAF thread about who's winning one day after fucking both are out together. <laughs> the fanboy wars. I'm sure the fanboy wars will rear their heads for a couple months, but I kind of hope they get stuffed in gopher holes, kind of like they did in the... Well, you know, that that's the other thing. Actually, before we move on to something I really am looking forward to bashing, um... Is, is, is this one... Is this one Microsoft versus Sony going to be more... even more intense and interesting? Because there's no Wii U, or, yeah, there's a Wii U, but there's no Wii already having took the lead and stole their thunder with the casual market? Glacinator. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there's already been mudslinging from each side already. I mean, this E3, even though I was completely disinterested from this year, uh, or de-uninterested, that's my, my new phrase, but there, it was pretty heated, I think, from both sides. And, I mean, the last time... The last console cycle, uh, the Wii sort of stole the spotlight from how much Sony and Microsoft were trying, you know, were going back and forth later on. Um, what am I saying here? I don't even know anymore. But my answer is yes. Uh, it's definitely been a lot more, I guess the word is passionate. Uh, maybe negatively passionate. <laughs> and he's not talking about you folks that use Reddit. He's talking about the PR and marketing department. There's passion yes, yes. involved at Reddit, but it's the kind that you don't want to put your foot in. Um, John, what do you think? I mean, there's no not going to be any spotlight stealer this time. It will be Microsoft v. Sony, mono a mono, out mm-hmm. the gate. 
Yeah, the, uh, the the door is open to to really put themselves uh, in the in their own spotlight. You know, Nintendo had their had their head start, which which by all indications they've pretty pretty much blown. So, uh, yeah, definitely there's definitely opportunity for for them to to, to take the take the spotlight. Okay, moving on into the they never fucking learn department. Sony creating a VR headset for the PS4, reports say. Listen carefully, kids, because this is going to be important when I talk later, while I'm talking right now. Sony is working on a 3D, let me say that again, 3D virtual reality headset accessory. Accessory, because it's all about gaming, you fucksticks. For the PS4, according to anonymous sources, who spoke with uh, CBG and Eurogamer. Both sites' sources say the headset was originally planned for debut at Gamescom earlier this month, but last-minute issues diverted the announcement. Uh, their sources can't figure out when the hell it's supposed to show up, but they're thinking that Tokyo Game Show may be in September. Uh, yada, yada, yada. It's obviously meant to kind of compete with the Oculus Rift. I'm not sure how that works, considering the Oculus Rift works with a fucking PC. Uh, uh, and and the, the picture that you're seeing there is of some ridiculous HMZ2 3D blah, 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 Sony viewer, which costs like 800 bucks. John. No, wait. Glycinator. This is the same company that promised us a couple of E3s ago that 3D gaming was going to take over the world. So what do you think of this? <laughs> what do you think of this move by Sony? I don't know. It seems with all the recent news announcements that uh, 3D is definitely the wave of the future. Um, I mean, my 2DS that I will be getting will display 3D and one plane. So... Maybe they'll have a virtual reality that is a 2D headset as well. Everything will just be a line. I'm giving you bone. I should start keeping score in this show just for the fun of it. See who wins every time. Um, that's me again watching British TV. Sorry. Um, I, I crafted a show this week that did not give you, I thought, any easy openings into making fun of your le new least favorite device. And you managed it anyway. Bravo, sir. That's all I can say about that. Is that is brilliant. It was too easy. Come on now. I didn't think about it. I, I, I completely had forgotten, you know, because there was more news on the 2DS this week. And I just went, nope. Nope. Some things just <laughs> don't need to be brought up again. Well, mostly because we were just going to be going around in circles. We all kind of have our opinion, and I don't think it's changed much and you know, seven days. <laughs> John would have been live and not NSA satellite or whatever crappy thing I said on the post last week. Um, John, what do you think of Sony reinventing 3D and the wheel and how we view TVs and motion sickness again? Sony, Sony, Sony. They, they're, they're, they're at it again. They're trying to put a new accessory out there. I mean, we all know how well the move did. We all know how well 3D televisions have penetrated the home the home gaming circles. I have a I have a Sony 3D television, but I tell you, I didn't buy it until I got it for 
$99. (laughs) So, and I've only ever used it in 3D one time with my PS3 because I decided to check it out that one time. I'm not even sure where my 3D glasses are right now. But, but, you know, this thing that they're coming out with, you know, it makes me want to rub my face like I'm doing right now and think about, like, what what is this, is this thing going to be used for? What is what is the who's going to be buying it? What games are going to support it really on a home console? Like, I mean, the Oculus Rift has been getting a, has a lot of positive buzz by by the, you know the, the general gaming press. You know, people who have a chance to try it say it's the bee's knees. But but if they're going to put it, if they're going to make an accessory for a home console, it's got to be affordable and it's got to work and it's got to be supported. If it hasn't got those three things, it's already dead. First off, to just add to what John said, their 3D TV initiative penetrated the market as about as well as sperm does against the diaphragm. Second, Kablam. You're right. Hey, I had to top the penis one. Sorry, I know it's a sexual <laughs> one, but I'm just I'm trying to do one better every every time. Thank God we only got one more story, and I don't think there's any way I'm going to find anything to make fun of um second the virtual boy we've talked about it on this show a thousand times here's and, and everybody's going what what but 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 it's sony and, and oculus rift we have oculus rift we have oculus rift you're correct that works on a fucking pc I'm sorry, but consoles, I don't think, are the correct market space for this. Look at the backlash to connect, to move, to the Wiimote, to Wii U. I I, I just, it's going to be looked at as a gimmick. And Sony, except so far in this console cycle, is not known for bringing things in at a budget most people can afford until it's an utter flaming failure. Um... And and I'd love I I said it when they were going on and on and on about 3D at that E3 that they're full of shit. It's not going to work. And it, you know I'm not some prophet. I'm not name redacted one with my swami hat on predicting the utter fucking obvious. It's it it just didn't make any sense. Uh, a PC with Oculus Rift, you have so many potential uses for that. Why do you think Microsoft made Connect PC capable instead of, you know, bowing their neck and trying to stop people from modifying the thing? Not using the word hacking, because people are now using the word hacking and correct fucking indigents. You know, I mean, Microsoft saw the capabilities of Connect with PC. It's probably more widely used there than it is on the console. And that's the problem. I, I'm not saying that the, the, the PS4 is not capable of running some kind of virtual reality device. And I'm not saying it might not be awesome. But the, the, the demographic for a console still, by and large, whether they're correct or not, whether they're, you know, they're shown that they're wrong a thousand times, they have this mindset. Put the controller, that's all I want plug it up my ass and we'll go you know and so uh, until you change that mindset uh it's not going to work (laughs) you know and again as i say bazillion times as cynical and and as contrarian as i'm sitting here being i'd like to see this work i'd like to see there be more options or flexibility for the consoles much like there is and not shitty gimmicky ones 
uh, like Sony's been kind of spitting out in the past, uh, you know. But but really, the 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 PC has always been a traditional place of of things that can grow slowly over time. You know, I don't expect. I've seen a lot of tech demos for Oculus Rift that I'm actually getting kind of really super interested in in the last couple months here. But much like the original Kinect, I expect the first generation of Oculus Rift to have some problems. Thing is, is is to a certain extent, PC gamers and PC b- uh, real hardcore PC enthusiasts mindset is to how do we make this better? How do we to mess with it ourselves? You can't really do that in a console space. You know, I I, I just don't. There you. I, uh, is it just me or is Sony using up every last bit of that? We are the world capital they gained at E3 and are going to be out of it before 2013's even out of here. Did you guys understand? You guys understand what I'm saying, though. That 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 it seems like no matter how well built, accessories that aren't a controller with D pads and sticks and things just get the most god awful reception when they're attached to a console. Mm-hmm. Like it's got to. It's like I said. It's got to be supported. There has to be a reason to use it. If if the software doesn't work, if it's if if it's broken stuff. You're gonna get backlash. Like I, I, th- I think Kinect could be, could have been, you know, could have been better if it had stuff that was that that actually worked, <laughs> worked well. You know, I mean, there might have been one or two exceptions, but, but like, it promised all this, you know, ta- you know, very fine movement stuff. That it does, that doesn't happen. The, and then the move on the PS3 was like the super Wii version of motion control, super accurate and, and great, but th- like, name a, a move game <laughs> that w- of, of any interest to anyone, and you won't, you will not find it. Even that Harry Potter Book of Spells bullshit, that, I mean, that that thing didn't sell either, like, that had a Harry Potter name on it. Like, like, what, are, like what are they doing? <laughs> One place it did catch on, and I saw this mostly in social media, but I did a little tiny bit of research to 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 look into it. One place Move did catch on, and where I will give Sony credit, was it caught on in shooters. There were a lot of people who learned, and pretty easily, with a Move controller and a little cheapy plastic gun simulation, and they were ripping people up in kill zone and mag with that thing. Did they use Move and Mag? Mag, yeah, yeah. Did it really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, Kill Zone and Mag, you could use. Yeah, it, I knew, as far I, as I, knew, I know. I knew Kill Zone and maybe Resistance Three, maybe. But there were but, a lot uh, of people that adopted it and were just whipping the shit out of people with that thing. Really? Hmm. And and Sony didn't bother pushing it at all. No, like, like where was? I mean, how much how much move support did you see at E3 this year? Are they still making it? I mean, that's li- that's literally. But that's that's, the, that's literally the question you have to ask. Are they still are they still even making anything for it at all? Well, that's almost a legitimate question coming out of my mouth, somebody who should possibly know better, because I assume they are. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> but I haven't a legit- checked. It's totally a legitimate question. Um. Well, and, and connect part of Connect's issue was is that, again I've said it twice or once or twice already on the show. First gen tech's never going to work like the engineers who built it hope it will in real world applications. It never happens. Damn engineers. 
And second, then you have marketing, the sleaze of the earth. And you're doomed from the word go. You know, unless it works exactly as advertised, you kind of need to put a shock collar on your marketing department to keep them from going too far. And Microsoft didn't. You know, I mean, a lot of the hive mind's perception and stupidity about Connect it was made up, but it was only fueled by Microsoft's boneheaded PR about it at times. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, if it's incapable of doing certain things, I don't blame developers for not wanting to invest in it further. But truthfully, as long as Rare's been around, as much as we were really hes- hesitant and 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 a little you know upset, Glace and I about you know Rare doing Connect games with their old franchises. If Rare's more interested in putting their old franchises on it rather than just shitting out Connect Sports 27, that's a small ray of hope. Ain't a very big one, <laughs> but it's a small ray of hope. And also, too, I think maybe the closed system, you know, you can't get in and tinker with the software and the consoles. Yeah. Whereas you can with PCs and Mac. Hey, actually, Glaze. Um, I know you. I know with the phone you've been a little quieter this week. But is mm. is Oculus coming for for Mac too? Mac? I haven't looked into that. You have to look into that and find it, figure it out. Well, to go back to move real quick, I looked up in a Wikipedia. The last <laughs> release game was Book of Spells last year. After that, there have been. The last release game was Dust Five One Four. Oh, and that was just connect, and that was just move capable. And you got, do you guys know what that game is? That's a, it's a free to play something something, right? It's not necessary. I don't think the the Five One Four part's free to play. Here's what this is, and I'm learning more about Eve Online because unfortunately, because I know somebody that plays it, and of course they've been trying to talk me into playing it, and I have no interest. Um, Eve Online is this massive. It's an MMO. That you're in ships. Like, literally, they just made it so you can actually see your little captain in his little apartment. So, literally, 90% of the time, all you see is ships. You're in space. You're mining. You're doing all the crap associated with MMOs. 514, Dust 514, was a first-person shooter taking place in the EVE Online universe. And where the connection came was you could have somebody... And I'm pretty sure this could happen on PC. You know, somebody on the PC version of, or PC Eve Online could come to your position on a planet in Dust 514 and, like, bombard the enemy for you. So there was kind of a symbiotic tie-in there. Um, CCP is a really good studio, and as much as I, Eve Online is not my style of game, I'm pretty impressed overall with some of the things I'm learning about them, how they handle their, their business. Um, but it, it just had some limiting factors, and a lot of the PC MMO gamers weren't interested in FPS, and a lot of FPS people weren't interested in flying around in spaceships and mining for five hours straight. You know, so the, the, those worlds start meshing, but they kind of made them symbiotic. And uh, I would suspect that, that Move was use, usable for, um, like I was talking about with Killzone. Maybe it was Dust 514 I was thinking of. Maybe it wasn't Mag. We'll have to check that. I'll look the list again. The last Move, like, oriented game where you use the Move specifically uh-huh. is Diggs Nightcrawler which is a storybook adventure. 
which is in film noir style. That's kind of interesting. Oh, it's made by Moonbot. That's the studio here in Louisiana. So, there you go. Louisiana dishing out the move goods. <laughs> so that was the last move only one? Last move only, and after that, they, every other game that's on this list is to be announced. Was so, it... What, it? So we're assuming that it's still um, still for sale, though. It's still for sale, but I mean, all these games that are t- TBA, they don't look that promising in terms of coming out. I mean, it's, the ones that are on here, it's like Just Dance 3, Just Dance Kids, Sesame Street. Just Dance 3's already been out. This one's still, it's still, still TBA. So I think, I think they're, I think they're, uh, I think they're arguing, uh, or I think they're already pumping out Just Dance 4. I don't know, there's so many damn Just Dance games. Heavy Fire Afghanistan. Oh. Oh, I'm sure that was wonderfully perfect. how intense this is. I'm sorry, I'm distracting you all. Oh, that's okay. Oh, yeah, okay, there is a, there is a, um, oh no, that's not, that's for something else, okay. All right, let's move on with the show. So there you go. Sony's at it again with devices that may or may not work. Well, that's actually, to, to close it out, that's going to be the other thing, John. How much is it going to cost? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Oculus Rift dev kits are 300 bucks. Yep. So you're probably looking at two bills, i.e. Two, 200 USD or more for Oculus Rift itself. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's the only, if that's the only thing comes out and there's only like a kill zone game that supports it or something like that that's is dead in the water right I mean at least with oculus rift there's there's the potential that people can patch in support you know what I mean or mods like, like, like exactly what you're saying right there's, there's right. a chance to patch in or mod mod your game to to use it but if if it's not there on the console from the get-go it seems very unlikely that you're gonna get much support for it. Yeah, I don't care how much Microsoft and, and and initially Sony is you know bowing down to to publishers of all stripes because it's not just the indies. You know they're 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 really giving the old massage to all of them. Something like a virtual reality device is going to need to be updated a lot, mm-hmm. and it's going to need to be an instantaneous patch. Like it makes me wonder. Like if this fails, what does Sony like? It's like this time, you know, they've got this headset in their hands and they go, "Huh? How about this one? Do you like this one?" And then if that fails, like what's next? Like after the Virtual Boy deal didn't work out, what's next? Here's our here's our new next gen dance pad. Huh? <laughs> Do you like that? Does that appeal to you this time? I, you know, this is extending this converse, this topic more than I thought it would, and that's what I love about this when we do this. I, I think it's also an internal company mindset. Microsoft, for better or worse, it said, connect, we're doing it, we're doing it, it's coming with the new console, you're going to pay 100 bucks for the new console, fucking deal with it. And I know that that one jackass said that, but, but seriously, they have stuck the course. Sony, on the other hand makes a quote-unquote accessory or peripheral, and then goes here. If you want it, fine. Uh, we'll be over here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, 
I, th- I I'm starting to wonder. Actually, this thought just popped in my head. I'm starting, and so did a burp. Sorry. I'm I, I'm starting to wonder if Sony is terrified now of doing anything to upset gamers. <laughs> that they're not, you know, we're making this, but we're not going to tell you you have to have it here. Remember, we're about games, indies. Woo. <laughs> Next E3 should tell us that because if it's back to the Kevin Butler style, Sony will know that they. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so one final thing tonight, and that's um, a little bit of news about Battlefield 4, which I am getting less on the fence about, but still pretty firmly entrenched on the fence. Um, Battlefield 4 to contain, contain a vehicular test range. More details on Commander Mode, which you will remember from Battlefield 2044, I think. I don't remember. And Levolution. I'm not going to talk about Commander Mode or Levolution, although we could at some point if we need to. But uh, basically, what this what this um, this uh, developer from Dice, uh, Lars Gustafsson, Gustafsson, excuse me, uh, speaking on an Ask Me Anything on IGN, said that. Um, they're setting aside a test area in, in Battlefield 4 f- to allow players to find the settings that work best before doing some flight stunt flights and going into combat. Um, you can test helicopters and, and other vehicles. Um, I read in another place that, that, that you could do this with all the vehicles. And I got to say, this is a brilliant, bloody move. Um. Because it gives you the opportunity to actually attempt to know what the hell you're doing before you get in a helicopter and go, lols, I don't know what I'm doing, and kill ten people. Which, as Glacinator can tell you, happens a lot. Sometimes with people we know. <laughs> um, what do you think about this, Glace? I mean, I know, I know you've been pretty about the next Battlefield, but what do you, what do you think of this concept of, of giving people a place to try out stuff before you're actually in the middle of a match and screwing your team sideways with your own stupidity. Well, it's certainly not anything new. I mean, that's why Halo is such a good game, is that they have custom games. And that's what this is, is basically custom games without being able to play with anyone else. I mean, in Halo, if when you first play and you suck online, what you do is you just play custom games with your friends or just by yourself and just sort of screw around with all the stuff. I mean, it's not a... This won't be a Forge mode, I don't think, but... In Halo custom games, you could just do the maps and drive around. I mean, this is practically the same thing. I mean, even Call of Duty has custom games. So, do they now? Do they now on console? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't see. See, I don't. I I don't think it's going to be that involved. No, I don't. I think it'll just be the maps with no one else on it. No. But but even though you see it as just an extension of something, other games is. Do you you see it as good? Yeah, definitely see it as good. I mean, because you always have the people that get in the like you said, get in the helicopters and immediately hit a light post and blow up and kill five people. But what people would tend to do, which I always thought was weird, was they go on a server that had like no one on it, and it'd just be them by themselves, just flying around. And so you can see you can even see this on the console versions because they have the dedicated servers now. Um, you can just join a server with like one other person on it, and that person will probably be just flying a plane around just for practice. So, I mean, people, it's not a new concept in terms of practicing 
flying things in the game, but I'm glad that now they'll. I'm more excited that they're you'll be able to walk around the maps without connecting online. I think. Well, the other thing too, to me, and uh, I'm sure I could really get in a shitstorm if anybody heard this. Uh, the battlefield vehicles tend to be, especially the ones that can achieve flight, tend to be pretty tough to drive at first when you're doing it with a controller. They're pretty touchy, especially the helicopters. Um, so, I mean, I am would say I'm fa- fairly decent at flying a helicopter in Battlefield, and I had some issues in 3, uh, besides Carlos screaming in my ear that I was doing it wrong. Uh, and he wonders why he always got muted. <laughs> but so I applaud this. I, I, I didn't say you brought up a good point, Glaze, because I didn't think about it in the terms of custom matches. Um, because I did that. I, I did that uh, in the. You remember? Did you play the downloadable Battlefield 1942 with us? No. Okay. Yeah. See, I there was a, a, a map or a single player thing you could do where you were just basically flying the plane. And. and uh, I really like that because it's been a while since I'd flown the, you know, prop World War II planes. Um, I think personally, Dice has always done an amazing job at, at making the flying and and, and vehicles uh, pretty realistic and true to true to how they would would act in in you know as close as you can get. Uh, thinking about it some more, also, that's what that's what story mode. Is supposed to serve its purpose for, I think, in terms of you getting accustomed to the game so that you can play online afterwards, which I think that's what Battlefield has always tried to do, especially with the bad companies. And I think 3 just dropped the ball on making the story, more, story mode useful in terms of learning how to play. I mean, because the only plane mission you have, you're not even flying the plane. You're sitting in the back of the cockpit telling the driver where to the pilot were to throw the bombs down the same thing with the tank one i mean you're driving a little bit but you're on it's basically on rails in terms of where you're going there weren't any capture point missions i don't think well that's like it's in the bad company too i just played bad company two again not too long back because actually my, my the reason i'm still unsure getting battlefield four is battlefield three's single player was okay but not wasn't the Call of Duty ripoff that some jerks called it, and it wasn't great, like I actually saw some people saying, uh, which surprised me. But it, I, 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 they need to make another goddamn bad company game. I was just talking to this about Pat. I'm so sick of super serious all the time. Can we please have some humor and still shoot stuff? <laughs> you know, uh, that's what made the bad company games so great. Those guys were the three most unlikely or four most unlikely dorks. <laughs> To, to ever step foot on a battlefield and it still made for a great game. Um, John, uh, what, do you, what do you think of this little practice mode? I think it's marvelous. I mean, I played that Battlefield 1942 with you guys for a couple of matches. Oh, that's right, you did. I remember now. And, yeah. and, I, and I had no clue what was going <laughs> on. And I was, I was bad enough on the ground with a gun, let alone driving anything. <laughs> and And just have something that I can I can muck around with and, and practice and, and build up a few skills before I jump in and just get my just get murdered all the time is is a bonus. It's great, especially I mean if you're someone 
let's say like uh, I think what Clay said about single player being a sort of training ground for you. I think that's, I think that's a valid point, but I think there are people who would rather not uh, have to go through that entire thing and just jump right into a practice. So the 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 sort of forgeish mode that this is, um, I, I think it's a marvelous idea. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, Glace, you're correct about the earlier battlefields teaching you. But there's, I mean, there's just some shit with those helicopters and some of the jets you're just not going to get in a single player experience. I mean, I was trying to, I was just trying to justify why you had a harder time in three than in Bank Company two. Oh yeah, no, you you are totally right because that ended up being, I mean, the one thing where it did follow Call of Duty, copy Call of Duty, clone Call of Duty, whatever, was it was pretty much all on on foots footsies. It wasn't like you know. It wasn't like either of the bad companies, uh, or even the battlefield. You know, the battlefield Vietnam. I felt more comfortable with with the vehicles right away, and only Pat and I played that. Yeah, John. The other problem with the with that downloadable um, <laughs> Battlefield 1942 was it also brought along a lot of the bad collision boxes. Mm-hmm. I could do some amazing fucking barrel roll. Holds in a jeep on Wake Island if you know just where to aim them. <laughs> you hit a rock just right, and the next thing you know, you're up in the air doing. If Pat and I were playing by ourselves, some of the stupid stuff we would do. Uh, there's also a bridge on that one that everybody, maybe you took the ride with us too. Everybody at least once has gone bailing off that bridge because you can blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> you're just. Ah! <laughs> And you mm-hmm. land down at the bottom. <laughs> That's the other thing too. They've the the, the downside kind of to, to, to Battlefield's maturity in the in the multiplayer, and of course the kinds of people playing it a lot of times is just being dorks in vehicles. Sometimes can be the most entertaining and hilarious crap you will ever do. Which brings back Glacinator's point of if this is more like custom map, custom matches private matches you can have a lot of fun just four of your friends being complete idiots you know trying to take out a tank with a golf cart because wasn't there a golf cart or a forklift or something you could oh no forklift was forklift was halo reach (laughs) which led to some hilarity uh, a few times in firefight but i think there was a golf cart or something in battlefield 3 that you could actually command so I, I applaud Dice for it. I'm still... That's that's almost getting to the point where if if the cash is easily available, I'm still maybe going to pre-order it, but it's also still in the realm of maybe I want to read a review or two first. Although I'm pretty sure our good friend, the Van Ranter, Postman Pat's planning on getting it. So... When he's not on daddy duty, <laughs> we'll probably sneak in some rounds. I don't know. I, I do have to admit, though, and it's just picking the the one that I will have the most fun with, I have been missing playing shooters a little. Not a hell of a lot with what I've been given to, with the options I've been given to play. <laughs> but a little. Okay. Uh, did I miss anything? John, you were talking about stuff that happened this week. Did I miss anything you guys heard about? Oh, I did step onto the LFT servers, but... Um... It appeared to be a couple of young guys around there. <laughs> I forgot what I was going Was that? Oh, I know what it was. That mark coming from your cathedral is a nightmare. I don't understand it, and it scares me. 
I'll let him know. <laughs> well, it, it, the science oh, keeps... Oh, actually, could use that as a soundbite. Will, on the server, the Jackson 1345, he is doing a documentary on Mart, Conspiracy Theories. This probably makes no sense to you, but he's trying to get sound bites on people that don't like Mart. No, it does. Um, as soon as we're done with the show, show I'll record one for him, um, or we'll just—I'll get one on this thing and I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right. Because right now, it keeps telling me that it'll go to Glacerton, and it goes in like a big fucking circle, and I end up back at the stupid Cathedral Village. <laughs> and I keep going to the ones that say go to the go to go to this goes to Glacierton and like I end up at Chateau Jungle and then it goes like loops right back around to the cathedral. So I got bored and got off of it and just started walking north. Yeah, I don't think it's done yet. I'm so. thinking it's not. You can always check the map overviewer, it might help. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, maybe I should check that. <laughs> uh, I was having fun just wandering around, but uh, I don't remember the, the guy's player name, but he's like, oh, and I, I, I live over here, and I have a private island, and I have this, and I have that. And Have you seen all this yet? And I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing, dude. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so was there anything I missed other than me screwing around on LFT Minecraft? <laughs> You're good. Okay. All right. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we've got a ton of ways to do that, as we do every week. Facebook, Waterpot Online Facebook. Just shoot us a friend request, and then, you know, unless you're a bot or a bill collector, we'll accept it. We have a website. It's waterpotonline.com. All one word, waterpotonline.com. Uh, the reason that, well, I mean, general promotion is the reason we mention it, but I also post this podcast there. You can. Get the download links. You can get an embedded player if you don't like downloads. Maybe you picked this up on the side of the road somewhere and somebody, some random guy's iPod and you heard this show. <laughs> God help you. Um, let's see. Speaking of downloads, we are on iTunes. Search WonderPod or look through the store. If you don't like iTunes, we have we are on archive.org. Same thing. Search WonderPod. You'll find all 174 episodes there and then some. Um, let's see, YouTube, tons of YouTube channels, Glacis got one, I've got one, the WonderPod Online YouTube channel, 36Wii YouTube channel, our buddy Chris Lloyd, Fanish YouTube channel, we have a Twitter account, it's at WonderPod Online, all one word, at WonderPod Online, uh, and no, none of that works for you, we have an email address, it's WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com, WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, at O-R-I-G-I-M, or you can follow John on Twitter, at John Keo, J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E. Until episode 175, I am Bruce McGee, and I'm off to find out conspiracies about the mark. See you, people. Cheers. Goodbye. <laughs>